Welcome to the Parent University Podcast. Parent University is a monthly training seminar for parents of teenagers here at Perimeter Church. It is our desire to come alongside families by equipping them to lead their children in a biblical, God-honoring way. We hope you enjoy the following talk. Today, we're, we're going to just end our, you know, kind of the next 30 minutes or so, talk a little bit about uh, leaving childish things behind. You know, this, we've been in a series here about your kid is awesome and, and enjoying your teen, and that's something that we've been focused on this whole fall uh, since school started. And just in, in line with that vein, one of the things that I think is, is awesome about that is as your kids leave childish things behind and they start to move into the adult realm, you can engage on a completely different level and we can also, um, you know, pull them into the adult world and, and start to engage on. Uh, in uh, you'll, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about here in a second. What what are some things that you remember when you were leaving the adult? I mean, leaving the childish world and moving into the adult world. Like, what was a rite of passage that you remember maybe going through for you as you as you moved into um, to adulthood? Anybody have? Something they want to throw out, just just some activity or yes, running an apartment. Well, that's definitely moving into the adult world. Yeah, as far as uh, that's a that's a huge rite of passage when you when you when you leave leave home. What about okay, maybe your first job? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, how old were you when you had your first job? Do you remember? Yeah, sixteen. So that's a, that's a big one. Now you gotta. Punch a clock and deal with your boss and coworkers for the first time. A driver's license, yeah, man, that is scary. I'm teaching my daughter to drive right now, and it's terrifying. I don't know if she's more scared or if I'm more scared of that. Um, yeah. Okay, working at summer camp, yeah, that's a great one. Um, usually, you get to enjoy being a camper first, right, and then you kind of get that that time when you pass over into being. Not being on your parents' health insurance. <laughs> okay, that's definitely, that's like 30 now, right? You, you, can, you can ride that for a long time these days. Um, dating, yeah, okay, we talked, you know, when they, when they mentioned that, 16 or 17 maybe, you know, that, that that's a, a time when suddenly you have a, a huge responsibility. You know, even, even things when you start leaving the, the, the kids' world behind, do you remember like going to a family reunion and you always had the kids table, right? And you were kind of, you had to be at the kids table. And then somewhere along the way, they're like, oh, you come sit with us. You know, you come sit at the grown-up table. And I just remember being like, oh, man, I made the grown-up table. You know, that, that was cool. Um, maybe going to movies, you know, like right now, if you have little kids, you go see little kid movies, right? You, you go see Pixar or things that you think, well, this isn't horrible where I can actually enjoy it but it's safe for you. But when your kids are becoming teenagers, you can actually take them to a movie you want to see. You know what I mean? That's a different thing. Um, same thing with like TV shows. Uh, being allowed to stay up late was something that for me, I remember you know, getting to stay up later and later, and then eventually you pass that threshold where you're still up and your parents go to bed. Did any of you remember that? I mean, that, in, my, in my house, I was always up doing homework till like midnight, and my parents went to bed at like 10. So I was usually up later than them. Um, Tax, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that one's, that one's going to be with us uh, long into, uh, maybe, I bet they'll start figuring out a way for our kids to pay taxes earlier. Um, wouldn't surprise me. 
Uh, even reading, I remember my mom was a big reader, and she eventually got to where, when I was getting older, she would recommend books to me that she enjoyed, and it was something we could do where I could read and we could interact. And she, I, you know, now I look back and say she was trying to connect with me. Um, I didn't, I don't know that I got that at the time. I was like, she's just trying to make me read. But uh, now I actually think she was trying to have an emotional connection when we did that. Um, even like playing video games can be if if, if you enjoy that. Um, my generation is the first generation that probably played video games. Well, they didn't even have video games before. I mean, I remember Pong, right? It was just a little... Uh, but, but I grew up on video games, so I still enjoy them even though I'm 45. And so playing that with my son, I remember I had the NCAA football, and it's just too complicated for a five-year-old. There's no way he was getting it. And when he finally could get it, I was like, this is awesome. You know, now we can actually do this together. Um, now, I've said this before at Parent U, but it, it bears repeating. One of the dangers of when our kids are little, okay, is that we can, because they aren't, can't do the things, they, they do childish things, we can learn to disconnect with them. And then when they are actually old enough to do those things, we have, are already used to not engaging with them. Does that make sense? Uh, you know, they, they want to talk about childish things or they want to watch childish shows and and we don't want to watch those, so we just say, okay, and, and, and I, we do this at home too, so I mean, we'll say, okay, you go downstairs and watch TV, because we're going to watch a show up here that you can't watch, and you go watch your show. Some people never get out of that zone, okay? Like, I had a, a family member who we went to visit when Cam, uh, a few years ago, and, and the parents were, had their TV, and the daughter had a TV upstairs, and the son was playing video games in a whole other part of the house, and they were already where they could have all been together, but they were so used to doing that, that they just, they didn't engage at all. They were just separate. And, you know, we don't want that to happen. You want, as your kids are getting older, you want to start to be able to engage them on these things. Um, And otherwise, they're going to start entering into that grown-up world and not share with you, because they're used to that connection being broken. And so then they don't want to share, they don't really want to talk. And so we need to think about how, how do we engage. And this can be Things like TV shows, music, social media, movies, video games, all these things are things that you can uh, talk about and go through. And, and really, um, Cami has actually taught the children's ministry stuff about how to engage with, with, with just a movie, a Disney movie, for example. And what are the themes and what, what's being communicated? And we do this all the time with our kids, and they, it's so much that they get annoyed when I hit the pause, you know, on the, on the DVR, because they know I'm getting ready to talk about something. But it's not that hard to do. I mean, sometimes you may think, I don't know if I can really do that, but th- here's some things just for you to think about. And, and you can talk about this with your kids, um, as they, especially as you start engaging on, on more adult fare. All culture has messages, okay? So all of these different mediums, TV, music, social media, movies, video games, they all have messages and they're all communicating ideas, okay? So whoever's writing that book or that screenplay or that song has a, a message they're trying to get across. And what's dangerous is when we just shut our brain off and are entertained and we don't engage with it. And really, when you do engage, you can then, when you know the message that's being communicated, even if it's a negative message, in some ways it loses its power when you can see what it is. I think it's more dangerous when there's a message being communicated and you're just inputting it and you're not thinking about it and it's shaping your world for you and you're not even aware that's happening, okay? And your worldview is being shaped and you're not even aware that it's going on. 
when you call it out. And that's why I'll stop and say, do you realize what's happening here? And I'll point that out so that my kids go, oh, yeah, okay, I don't write. Yes, you're right. I mean, uh, the example that I used several years ago, I was, we were talking about Glee in here. And I remember one of the things when Glee first came out was there was a, they, the, the writers had set up a situation where you wanted uh, with the main character to have an affair with this other teacher because his wife was just horrible. Like they'd made his wife wretched and they made this other teacher sweet. And so you kind of wanted them to get together. And you're just thinking, you kind of start to lose the fact that it's adultery. You start to think, oh, well, but she's sweet and his wife is horrible. So you kind of, you know, and they were manipulating your emotions so that you wanted that to happen. Um, so things like that are things I'm really serious about calling out for my kids to be like, hey, wait a second, if this is happening, are you aware? Yeah, you had a question? Okay, for the sake of the podcast, let me just repeat what you said. And that is, she said, whenever there's a Christian character that's on in media, they're almost always portrayed very negatively. And that is absolutely true. And it's hard to find a good, a good movie or something where that's the case. But one of the things when I see that, I, I love to talk, again, engage with my kids about it and watch it because you can learn, you know, as we watch that okay, if this is how Hollywood or this is how the world sees Christians, why? Why do they see us that way? Is there truth in what they're showing? You know, are, they're showing us generally, usually as closed-minded, judgmental, things like that. Where do these stereotypes come from? And what can we do to counteract that? I mean, these are questions that, you know, where I would engage like on that particular aspect and try to figure out how, how, to, how to go through that. Um, if the message... The message is something that they want you to remember that is embedded in that show. And these are just some simple questions you can ask. Is this a good or bad message? Okay? Is whatever theme you're seeing that's coming across, is this a good or bad message? Um, We need to look deeply at the main characters. Okay? That's the other thing. And as you're doing that, you ask, why do they do what they do? Why is the main character acting in the way that that they're portrayed right now? And what is his or her story? And then we need to take these messages and, and compare it to a biblical worldview. And that's, and that's just so important that we can connect in that way. Um, I wanted to, to bring your attention, just as, a, as an example here, a lot of you, I mean, uh, our panel all had boys. A lot of you have boys. There's a, there's a video game out right now that's making a huge splash um, that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, it's called Grand Theft Auto V, I think, is the, is the newest one. And if, if you have a son, he's heard about this game. He's probably played it. Even if he's not allowed to play it at your house, he's probably played it somewhere. And uh, as he's showing, yeah, are you going to show some footage of that? Um, and the amazing thing about this game, now this game has been on my bad list for a long time because... It's very morally ambiguous, okay, in what it allows. And the reason you should know about this game is it made a billion dollars in three days. It broke eight world records. So it has more, it has done more, uh, it's the fastest selling uh, media thing, that whether it's a movie or book or anything, it has outdone anything and everything and you can see, it's just like watching a movie. Um, you know, he's going through there. You can choose your car. You can fly planes, dress how you want. 
It is an entire virtual world, basically. And what's fascinating about this virtual world is, I mean, you can go into this, into this game arena, basically, and play golf. Like, it's, it's, it's like having every game in one game. You can go play golf, and it's like having the Tiger Woods golf game. You can go out on the tennis court and play tennis. You can go swimming in the ocean and surfing. You can go underwater, and they've spent so much money on this game that if you dive in the ocean anywhere, you know, in old games, it would just kind of disappear, like you would go off the map, and so it would... But in this, you can go in the ocean and swim around, and there's coral reefs, and there's sunken ships that you can explore, and all these things. Okay, so on, on the surface of all that, that sounds pretty amazing. I mean, if you... But, but the whole purpose of the game... Even though it's, if it was completely, a, like, if it had no morals, like if it was just, here's a virtual world, go play. Okay, obviously bad things would happen there. But this game is designed initially to encourage you to do mayhem. And, and I call it vir- virtual sinning, basically. You learn how to sin virtually. There's things that you can do in this game that you would never do in real life. I don't know if he's showing some of that. You, can, you basically can... Like here, there, you, you go in and rob a, a, a store. You can go up to just a, another character and mug them right there on the street. You can steal their car. In fact, that's why it's called Grand Theft Auto. The whole purpose of the game initially was you would steal cars and rob banks and do things like that. And, as, and the more police and the FBI and stuff that chased you, the higher your score was. Okay? So... The way the game works now, if you're going through, there's two different ways that you can play the game. You can play the scenario that it lays out for you. There's a storyline, and you are each one of the characters, right? And you go through the story. And if you're going through that mode, the three different characters, one is a, a, a meth dealer, okay? Um, I can't remember what the other two were right off the top of my head. Jimmy, do you remember? Or Mark, do you remember what the other characters were? I know one was a meth dealer, but I can't remember what the other two. A gang... Okay, gangbanger and a youth pastor. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, those, are the, those are the three characters you can be. But this game is so complicated. You can, so you, you would steal a car. You get in the car. You can choose your radio station. Like when you get in the car, you can choose your radio station so that you can listen to the kind of music you want while you're now the police are chasing you and stuff. You can pull somebody out of a car, shoot them in the head, take their car, drive to a strip joint and get a lap dance. I mean, you can go in, and, they, and it's explicit. I mean, you can go into a strip club, and, and that's on the game. That's a part of the game. Um, if you go through the scenario, you actually have to torture somebody for information. I mean, they, there's pliers, and there's things there, and you have to actually cut them, pull their teeth out, things like that, in order to get the kind of information that you want. I mean, that's part of this game. And it encourages you to do that. Um, so what this does, again, it's, it's, it's virtual sin. I mean, this is a great, if, if your kids play this or if they know about it, it'd be an interesting thing for you to talk to them about. It'd be, if you have a son and you're not very close, you may want to look through his video games and see if this is one of the options because it's definitely something you want to engage on. Um, and, but they're, they've heard about it. They want to play it because it's, they've done it so well that it's like real life. Um, but it, it gives them the opportunity, again, what the danger is, is you would do things that you would never do in real life. And then it starts to lower your sensitivity to those things. And you don't see them as wrong because it's not real. Okay? 
Um, so, and, and it's, it's very, um, definitely something that, that your kids are going to be attracted to just, just because it's so well done, the, the, the game itself, that it's, it's difficult not to, to engage. Um, some of the, some of the things, some of the verses that we, we want to talk about when we're talking about this idea of leaving childish things behind. Second Timothy 2.22 says, um, Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Um, you know, how are we taking them and engaging with them in these different mediums and, and in, in the adult world, you know, to, to, to draw them in to these adult situations? I mean, we, we had a, a conversation even just yesterday with our kids, our two oldest, about church membership. It's funny that that came up with our parent panel. Um, it's, it's been something that really just now they're, I think, to be able to really wrestle with and grasp and start talking about these on a deeper level. And what does it mean to be a member and why? And why is it important? And, and so just kind of engaging in that. It, you know, we have that opportunity to do that and, and pull them in. And it's time for them to start putting childish things behind. You know, that's just, that's a, that's a neat thing that we can celebrate uh, the dangers of things like this, you know, the video game I just showed, or obviously there's movies they should never see, you know, because we shouldn't see them. You know, that's the thing that's important is, you know, h- how to do that. Um, Proverbs 7 says this, I've seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youth a man lacking sense. You know, we've, we've talked about this, and that passage goes into an adulterous affair where the, the youth goes right into to, uh, to the temptress. And there's a reason why he's a youth, right? In Proverbs, he doesn't say, I've seen him on the simple, you know, an older guy who's going to the temptress. Not that older guys can't fall into that. We can, but, but when you're younger, you don't have that discernment. You don't have uh, the tools that it takes, the life experience to, to look through these things. And then lastly, from 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is saying, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. These are... Um, this passage, interestingly, isn't necessarily talking about maturing in this way. He's talking about Scripture and the way that God interacts with us and, and love, and he's talking about different things. But it's still a true statement, um, and taking it a little bit out of context, but he's talking, you know, there is a, there's a maturity that takes place, and we start to leave childish things behind. And how are we engaging? One of the things I want to encourage you to do is invite your kids into your grown-up world. Invite your kids into your situations. One of the biggest problems that I constantly see in interacting with teens is they don't know how the Bible and their life connect. Like they know a lot of Bible stuff, especially if they've grown up in church, right? They got all these Bible stories and then they have their life and they don't understand how those two things intersect. To them, it's very easy to compartmentalize. Well, that's what I do on Sunday. This is where I go to church. That's my, that's my group of friends and I learn about the Bible, but they don't see how the Bible interacts with life. And the two ways that we can do that primarily, I mean, one of the ways I've already talked about, right? We can interact with media and culture and show them how it interacts. But it's even more powerful, A, if they're going through a situation. And sometimes that's really easy for us, right? Oh, you had a fight with your friend. Well, how should you handle that? You know, and you can bring the Bible in and talk about that situation. But they need to know for us that it intersects all the time, okay? And like, how, what would this look like? For you to do that? Like, have you ever had conflict with somebody at work, right? Has your boss ever asked you to do something unethical? Have you ever been tempted to, uh, to take a promotion 
in order to make more money, but you know it's going to hurt your family. I mean, these are big picture things that you and I wrestle with all the time, right, in our grown-up world, and our faith intersects with that, right? We have to say, hey, I might not take this promotion because if I do that, yes, I'll have more money and we can go on better vacations and things like that, but I won't be home as much and that's not as high a value to me. I mean, that might be a a choice that you make for your family, okay? And, And are you talking about that with your kids so they see that you're wrestling with it as a Christian, what does it mean as a Christian man or woman to wrestle with these things? Um, ethical decisions that you have to make. Stewardship of your home. You know, when, you, when you're doing chores, like if we just have chores for the sake of chores, that's, that's one thing. But do you talk about stewardship? Well, hey, God has given us these things, uh, this home, and, and it, it ministers to our neighbors when we take good care of it. You know, and, and, and we're supposed to steward well the things that God has put under our care. And so that's why we mow the lawn, you know. That's why we do these things. You know, so do you talk about uh, and bring them into how your faith is just, is in every aspect of your life? How does it intersect? But especially, again, and it has to be done in an appropriate way. Like, you don't want to share, if your boss asks you to do something that's unethical, for example, you don't, there's, let me show, there's two different ways you could do that, right? You could say, well, my boss wants me to do this, and I think it's wrong, so I'm not going to do it. And the outcome could be that your, your son or daughter just hates your boss, right? <laughs> so you think, wow, I probably shouldn't share that. That's, that's not going to work. Okay, but now think about it a slightly different way. What if you talk about, hey, my boss wants me to do this, and uh, here's how I'm going to react, and here's what, what I think we need to do. And then you talk about, then though, it'd be, it'd be good to take it to a whole other level and say, have you thought about, my boss really can't make another choice because his life is not informed by the Holy Spirit. So my boss is just interacting with a way that's perfectly normal and rational with the way he views the world, right? If you can cut corners and get ahead, why wouldn't you do that? So help me. I want to witness to my boss. Now, see, then now I don't hate the boss. I go, oh, I, I start to have empathy for the boss, and I start to say, hey, can I pray with you, Dad, for this boss and maybe God will use this situation where you have an opportunity to witness. Now you've brought your child into your world. They've seen how you're wrestling with this situation. And now, though, they're actually joining you in trying to reach that person that you work with. Do you see how you've taken that situation that's an awful situation and actually redeemed it in your home while you're parenting? Okay, so... That's what I'm talking about. You know, if you're having financial problems, do you pull them in to your finances and talk about it? Hey, well, no, we can't go out because of this, or we, can't, we don't eat out because this is why. This is, this is a value for us. And this is how Christianity affects the decisions that we make as a family. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting how the parent panel talked about that they had these rules and they had a reason behind it. And it is so important that we share the reason, that we share what's going on, and, and then hopefully we'll all reap that reward like they did when their kids are 30, they think they're geniuses, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I thought my, my dad was like the smartest person in the world once I, once I got older. And so I just didn't want to encourage you, as we're leaving childish things behind, take them to a movie that you want to see. Take them to something that you would enjoy. Invite them into your TV shows, your books, and then engage with their heart on these things in media 
and then invite them into your life and into your world in an appropriate way so that they can join with you in the battle. And when they see how you battle and when they see how it is real in your life, and it's not just this thing you do on Sunday morning, then the connections really start to happen in their life and in their relationships so that it, it, then it starts to become real all the way through. Okay? Um, let me pray, and uh, then, you know, we, there's certainly donuts and coffee back there. If you guys have any questions, you can, we can do that. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for our parent panel and just uh, how awesome it is to, to see the wisdom of those who've gone before us who have kids in college and out of college. And, um, and Lord, it's just a, a blessing to uh, get to learn from their wisdom and even see how they've wrestled with things in the past. It, it encourages me as a father to, to know how to, how to wrestle and through things and, and to seek out wisdom from others. And I'm so thankful for them. I ask you to be with each one of us that we would have ways that we can engage our kids' hearts and minds, that we can um, talk to them, Lord, on a level as, as we move uh, from cop to coach and, and from coach to counselor. As Mike said, Lord, help us to do that in a way that's winsome, Lord, that, that uh, uses our creativity and our personality and, and give us those teachable moments. Uh, where we can really draw them out as their worldview is being shaped. So uh, we praise you and love you. Uh, Guide and direct us in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to the Parent University Podcast. Parent U is a part of the student ministries at Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit the student ministries website at www.perimeter.org slash students for more information. Thank you.